You're listening to the From Self Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petrocan, holistic career coach and mindset mentor who specializes in purpose and self-empowerment. If you feel stuck in your career and crave meaning and joy in your everyday life, you've come to the right place. I went from being an anxious recruitment manager, living for the weekend with negative coping mechanisms, to building my own coaching business, helping other women overcome self-doubt so they too can find fulfillment in their career and live up to their ambitions. If I was able to create a life that I am obsessed with, then so can you. Let's dive in. And also showing them how to attract wealth uh, into their lives uh, by creating a, a life that is really focused on freedom and yeah again as I said fun and play so uh Natasha maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your you know career story and what led you to entrepreneurship and and to that mission which I love by the way well thank you thanks so for having me it's a pleasure to be here uh yeah so my story started out with, I think, the instruction a lot of us get from our parents, which is you go to school and you get a good job, and then that will be the path to success. And so I started on that path, and I was a great student, and I went to the prestigious school, and then I went and got the job at the big company, and I was doing well there, but I didn't feel completely fulfilled. And then um, I started to grow my family I had my 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 son and I was like commuting three hours a day every day to go to work and come home and I was like this is not really the version of life or motherhood that I want to experience and uh along came a little thing called the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) just a little thing just a little thing and so it was actually I guess divine timing um for many people in, in different ways and so and so for me um, it made it forced me to slow down and figure out what I wanted to do. So I actually lost my job that I had that was at the big company. And so I was like, what do I do now? And I decided that I wanted to take a foray into entrepreneurship. Um, and so I started my first business and that business was a cooking business. So I took my passion for travel and food and my uh, I had studied uh, at a culinary school. So I took all of this and I turned that into a business and that became really, really successful. And the, I was working with a writing coach at the time and trying to understand really what made me special and different in the market. And so he asked me a question about what's the best compliment anyone has ever given you. And I told him it was when my husband told me that I'm a great mom. And the reason he said I was a great mom was because of the way that I play with my son. And uh, my writing coach was like, oh, he's like, that is something really special. Like the reason that that stood out to you is because play is really the ethos of your business and your life. And so when I was running the cooking business, what I was offering people was an opportunity to be in an environment where they could play. Like they spent so much of their day and their life trying to get things right. And then they could come into an environment with me and they could experiment and they could try new things and they could fail and they could get back up again. And so that really was what made that special. And I started to realize like that was what showed up across my life as what made my experience of life so joyful and so amazing. And so I wanted to bring that next into the business that I created around helping people with packaging, positioning, marketing their offers. So I spent 15 years in the corporate world doing marketing and that's what made the first business so successful. So people were like, okay, what did you do? How did you do that? And so (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, there's something special here. So I started helping people with the marketing piece, but the thing I didn't want to lose was the play and the ability to run your business in a 
way that felt joyful and playful and allowed you to show up every day and enjoy what you were building. Because what's so important to me is like we have the idea of goals and people are really excited to achieve the goal. And they celebrate maybe when they get to the end, but it's like, there's a whole journey before that. And so I want to celebrate not just the achievement, but the entire journey that it takes to get there. And so if you can have a playful, joyful experience along the way, then your entire journey can feel like a rewarding and fulfilling experience. And so that's what I wanted to bring to business. And that's, that's what I work with people to do is like, how do we bring a playful, joyful experience to how you market your business, how you grow your business and make sure that you show up in a way where you love being there. And so then your clients love being there with you and you can work with people that you really love. So your playmates are people that you love to play with and your business is like a playground. Um, That's really like the heart of what I do and why like this is exciting for me. That's why I'm, I'm in, I'm in Fabby's first because I get to talk about something that's exciting for me. So that's how I came to doing the work I do. And so now I I work with creatives and coaches and consultants to help them uh, attract clients that love to pay them and that they love to work with. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) There are so many things that you brought up that I, I, you know, I want to respond to. Um, But, you know, what really stood out for me is how excited I see you. Obviously, you guys can see her, but like she she's just shining, you know, when she's talking about her mission and her work. And like, it's just so refreshing to see someone that is so passionate about their work and who wants to inspire others as well to to have that and show that it's possible. Right. I think that's so important. And it's not either success or pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. You can have both. You can achieve your big goals and enjoy the process. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way we've been conditioned to fear failure all the time, you know, whether it's the school system and, you know, what you said with going to school, prestigious university, all of that. Same thing here. I really... <laughs> and, and you know it really didn't work so you know even if you have like those doubts because maybe that wasn't your path you know maybe you didn't go to those big schools or I can assure you that is not the answer and and you know I think that it's so sad how school really made us believe that failing just immediately shows that you are weak that you're not capable uh, that it's not going to work out for you um, and that you need to like settle for less, right? Uh, I think that school is just one way of doing things. And, you know, I personally, I enjoyed school. It's not that I hated it, but uh, but it's, it's more like the fact that there's a, a right or a wrong answer. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, with your business, what you're trying to show to everyone is also like, there's your way of doing things. And that is going to be your the fun way, you know, and that yeah. is that is going to be the way you enjoy yourself. Um, and, and that's the whole point of having a job that fulfills you, right? It's not just about the achievements and, and reaching the goals. It's really about waking up every day and being excited about the tasks that you're going to do and, and the things, the impact you're going to have, right? Yeah like everything's happening right now so if you're not enjoying it right now because if people are like I'll build the business and then I'll be happy and then it's like but like you could be happy like right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's so funny because especially as an entrepreneur, the first thing that really pushes you to go into entrepreneurship is being your own boss, having that freedom, uh, you know, being fulfilled. And and then I mean, it happened to me. I don't know if it happened to you too, but at first when I started my my online coaching business, it was really um, I was really excited. I was motivated. And then there was this like moment, this phase of going down and starting to doubt myself and not knowing, being overwhelmed with all the information and all the strategies and all the ways of doing things and comparing myself to other coaches online and and getting lost in all of that and just, you know, resenting it, resenting it and, and even asking myself if I shouldn't give up, you know when right. this this was my purpose and i'm sure for you there, there's been a few a oh, few definitely. moments like that as well yeah. you know? <laughs> i still struggle with moments where i'm like oh the the idea of should pops into your head mm. and you know i should be this way i should be this far along i should yeah. be doing this and then it's like okay i have to turn off the idea of should because i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be right now I just need to be able to pay attention to what's right in front of me I need to take action based on what I already know not what I should know or should be doing yeah Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. thank you thank you for that so according to you what are like common myths about entrepreneurship that simply aren't true well this is a juicy one so I think one of of the the things that is not true around entrepreneurship is this belief that you can just pick up and like sell anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that people will, um, what they'll often do is like, they have an idea of if you build it, people will come Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm just going to build this thing. And then people will show up. Like you can just sell anything. And that is a really big myth that I think gets a lot of people into a situation where they're like, why isn't it working? Mm -hmm. And so the way that you have to approach it is instead of trying to create demand in the market, what you want to be doing is channeling demand that already exists. Because if you create it, people won't just come. It's not like, I don't remember what that movie is. It's like uh, something, some baseball movie. It's like, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't work that way. What you want to, how you want to approach it in creating your offer, creating something that the market will actually desire and buy is you want to understand who it is that you want to serve. And then you want to make sure that you're creating something that they would actually be interested in purchasing something they would actually buy. And so the demand is already there. And then you can just channel it towards the solution Mm -hmm. that you've created. And so whenever I'm working with people, they will start like, okay, I want to create this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, so who's going to buy. Before you go out and create everything, you want to make sure people would actually want to buy it. So don't start by creating a big course and filming all these videos and you've done all this work and you've spent hours and hours and hours building this thing before going and taking the idea to people and saying, would you buy this? And then even better than that, what I have people do when they're going to create something, I tell them sell it first sell it first and actually make sure people would commit because saying yes I want it is one thing actually committing and spending your money is a whole other thing Mm. so actually ask people not only would they buy it like are you going to buy it would you like to purchase it right now and then by somebody making that commitment you know that you should go build it so I have a membership that I created earlier this year 
It's a monthly membership where I provide things like content prompts and weekly focus. So people have structure around what to focus on and what to write Mm -hmm. their content around. It's like, I feel like this is a good idea. So I started test piloting it inside of my free Facebook group. People were getting results. I was like, okay, people are on board with it. They signed up to do it for free and they're getting results. These are good signs. The next thing is like, okay, I started to sell it. I was like, here's the offer. You guys are like the beta group. So I gave them a little bit of um, a a discount to join. People started joining. It was working. So then I actually went and I created all the other component parts Mm. of what the program looked like. But the first thing was I had to make sure people actually would buy it and that they actually wanted the thing before I spent hours and hours and energy into building it. So that's one of the key things that I think is a myth is that you like if you build it they will come or you can just sell anything and it's like it's not true you don't want to do that you want to make sure that you channel demand into the the existing demand into your service into your offering so that you can get to the point of making money much quicker because if you're trying to create demand for something that there's no demand for you're going to struggle for an eternity to um to figure out how to sell it And if your audience is a group of people that are hard to find, that's another thing that people don't necessarily pay attention to is um, they're like, oh, I can sell this, but the people that buy it are just this tiny, like, like 1% of people, or they're like a needle in a haystack to find. And if you build your entire business around that one audience, again, it's going to be a struggle to find those people to get them to purchase your thing from you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not too small, not too big. (laughs) Making sure there's demand, but it's not like this tiny niche, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, this is only for sheep farmers that live on this island. Yeah, like something (laughs) super specific, like (laughs) very far stretched. Okay, got you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what about, what was it? Yeah, because oftentimes when you, you, I'm sure that people have asked you that before. It's like, okay, but if the demand already exists, then the offer already exists as well. Most probably because we're 8 billion people on this world. So what would you say to that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also the, the, uh, the solution is that there are 8 billion people in the world. So it's like, (laughs) that means that not everyone is going to purchase that one solution. So when you're looking at what's already on the market, it's good to know that there is some competition in the market because that means that it's a viable market. Um, You need to know that you have a serviceable market. So there's four key things that you want to search for with a serviceable market. So the first thing being that the market is something that's growing and expanding. It's not something, uh, one that's contracting because you don't want to build a business around an audience that won't have any demand 10 years from now if you're trying to grow a business for longevity. Uh, The second thing is that the market of people are willing and able to pay for your stuff. So Mm -hmm. one, that they're willing, like they would be able to, they want to spend money and two, that they have that money to spend. So if you try to build your offer around something that really should be a charity, it's going to be impossible to grow it as a business. So that's the second thing. The next thing is that you want to make sure that they are people who really are in a great deal of pain or a great deal of desire around Mm -hmm. having this thing achieved. So if they don't have enough pain around it or they don't have a strong enough desire, people won't move forward. So they really need to be a sense of urgency. Exactly. And finally, the last thing for it to be a serviceable market is that you have to know that you can help them achieve the result. Mm-hmm. So you have to feel confident that you can help them achieve their oh desire. Oh my God, yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. that was my other question, actually, because you were like, okay, you cannot tell anything. And and your answer was very much uh, based on what is going on externally, right? But like, mm -hmm. what about your relationship to what you are selling? Yes. So you really have to have the confidence that, okay, if somebody wants to get from point A to point B, I can help them do that. And if you are not yet at that point, there are many things things that you can do to get better so that you can do that. But you can, you know, study under other people, you can apprentice, you can work in somebody else's program. Um, those are ways that you can develop your expertise. You can, there's um, like, you know, certification programs, etc., like that, that can help you with growing your expertise. Or what you can do is you can do pro bono work in that area so that you can start to work with people and actually get the experience. Or you can charge people slightly less and let them know like, hey, I'm, I'm, I can provide value to you but I'm still learning. So, you know, being willing to do that. So there, you want to grow your expertise to the point where you can charge. And that's why everyone's like tries to go to high ticket. And that's maybe another myth is that everyone should be high ticket. Mm. Not everyone should be high ticket. Yeah. Um, high ticket is not about a price tag. It really should be about high value. Yeah. And so when you can provide high value, that is when you can charge a more. Because whenever somebody's purchasing something, you always want the real value of what they're getting to be like 10x of the price tag. Mm -hmm. So if you're charging high ticket, you're charging somebody $10,000, the true value of what you're doing for them should be, you know, 10x that, that they're really going to experience something on the other side of that, that will make the, the price tag of what you're charging them worthwhile. Mm -hmm. It's not just about adding more zeros to the book of your, yes. your fee. It's really like, okay, has the value increased? So, you know, when I go out and I learn new skill sets and I go out and I get better or I get, I'm getting really great results for my clients, then that's when my fee goes up. Cause I'm like, I'm higher value now. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can help you get there faster and get you there more efficiently. I can get, make it easier for you. Exactly. I can make it cheaper for you in the long run. Like all of those are reasons that my fee would, um, would go up. It's not just because I'm like, hey, I feel like making a hundred thousand dollars today. So my fee is going. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Sometimes the, the other thing, the the other way around happens as well, where people like undercharge or yes, okay. and yes, definitely. Um, so so it's I think some, somewhere I don't know if you've heard this before, but something that's helped me, for example, pricing my coaching services was like, okay, get go to a number like think about a number that you're comfortable with and then go a bit more up you know what i mean so that you still feel confident about selling your offer without feeling like a complete imposter because that is also really important i guess right like the energy you show up in when you're selling your your services yes Definitely. Yeah, you have to feel aligned with the price because when it comes out of your mouth, you have to be sold on it before you can sell someone else. So if you're not sold on it and you're like battling yourself when you're yeah. trying to sell it to someone else, <laughs> they're going to be like, she's not sure that I should pay that much. I'm not sure that I should pay that much. And so, yeah, you definitely have to be sold on it. So what I have people do is like, if they're in a place where I know that they could charge a lot more for their offer, I will have them raise it up incrementally. And so we'll raise it and then they'll sell like three to five of those at that new rate. And then I'll say, okay, like, let's take a, another step mm -hmm. up. And so we can slowly move them into a price range that would be more reflective of the price point that, that they should be at based on the value that they're bringing to the market.
Awesome. Yes. Step by step. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And what about, is there any other myth that you think is really relevant to mention here about entrepreneurship? Yes. So you had said something else that I was like, oh, I, I had a thought and I didn't finish it. Oh, you had asked about um, being able to sell when um, there are so many other solutions out there on yeah. the market. And so um, something that I think is really key there is one is your positioning of understanding, like, what is your position in comparison to the market? Um, because you do have to distinguish yourself. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you understand your positioning in the market and that you also have um, like that you kind of brand yourself as well to understand like how, how do you distinguish what it is you do and how you do it to get somebody a solution. So those are really important things to be able to do as you are trying to, to distinguish yourself from everyone else and what they do and how they do it. Cause you don't, if people look at your offer and they're like, Oh, that's just a knockoff then you Then people start to compete on things like price and you're like, Oh, well I can just do it a little bit cheaper than the next person. And then that's like a race to the bottom mm -hmm. versus if you can truly present a new way of doing things, a new opportunity, that's when you can charge um, a premium for that. And people will be willing to, to take the leap with you um, because people there's tons of people that have solutions out there and you're and somebody's always going to have have those dedicated followers that love their stuff but there's also going to be people who have tried a solution and it didn't work for them so you have those yeah. frustrated few and they're still looking for a solution so if you yeah. present them a new solution they will migrate from what they're doing to your new thing if mm -hmm. you present them something that truly looks like it's different and truly feels like it will help them achieve the result they want yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's about attracting and that's what we see a lot in the online space, you know, your soulmate clients. That's really what it is, you know. It's right. It's those people that really need you specifically for your knowledge, your experience, uh, the way you do things, the way you approach things. Um and and you don't need to get overly complicated with that either. Like like you said, you know, it doesn't need to be a super specific niche um of, I don't know, what was the example you said someone on an island a farmer <laughs> i loved it yes yes uh on, a, on an island special sheep <laughs> yeah, exactly um okay so for someone let's say someone is starting out right now or is thinking of starting out what should they do to turn their passion or hobby um, into their business? Like, what would you say are the first steps that they should uh, consider? Oh, this is such a juicy one. Okay. So the first thing I would go back to what I just <laughs> mentioned about being able to sell anything, really making sure that there's demand. So make taking doing the market research to make sure that there's demand for the thing that you want to to sell in the market. Uh, and then the in terms of building your skill set, I think a lot of people immediately go into marketing and they will start to build up their ability to market or maybe do content and they get all the social media accounts, et cetera. And one of the things that I don't think people spend enough time on is building their sales skill set mm. and their ability to be really effective with conversion and getting people to actually buy. And this was the mistake that I made when I was growing my business, Me like too. before I, I was, yeah, yeah, when I was growing my business. 
I was like, okay, I was a marketing person. So it was very easy to lean into marketing and I could get on social media and I could talk about the stuff. And I was like, I, I would do workshops and I was like, I can yeah. get people to kind of show up for these things, but I never was, I wasn't making any money or I was making very little money. It's like, what's going on here? And so without sales, your business really can't grow because sales is the only thing that turns all of that interest into actual money. It's the only thing that brings money into your business. It's literally the only thing that moves money in the world is sales. Sales, whether you're selling somebody in a product or a service or an idea, that's the only thing. Like literally if you're at the bank and you're trying to get a loan, you have to sell them on the idea that you're a good candidate for his loan. It's the only thing that moves money. So you have to be really good at sales and you have to build that skill set. Otherwise you don't have a business. It's just an expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people the one thing to focus on as you are turning from your passion or your hobby into a business is make sure that you build up your sales acumen, whether that's getting a coach, whether that is taking a course, whether that's reading books, there's tons of great books, but you have to get comfortable with that. And you may have to do some healing as well around your money beliefs and your relationship with money and your ability to receive money. Like the relationship you have with money and your ability to sell is the absolute most important thing for you to be able to make money in that business. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, because otherwise it's always going to feel very sleazy and uncomfortable and just not authentic. And and as you said, you know, someone listening to you selling and if if you're... If you're not feeling comfortable with saying your price and and really owning it, they they're not gonna trust you, you know. And it's not it's not just about the words you say; it's about you, the way you say it, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, all of it, like all the, the rest of the communication. I think words are only seven percent of our communication. So you know, body language, all of these things really matter. As Tonality, well. yep, all of that. And I think um, one of the things it's, it's like the sales piece is half of it's like more of the strategy or the skill part. And then I touched on it, like healing your money stuff. Um, but I, I would go even further to say it's moving from your employee mindset because you probably worked for somebody else and you had a mindset around being an employee to now having a mindset of an entrepreneur and having an entrepreneurial mindset it's something that I like I go through with my clients and we really look at, okay, what does that entrepreneurial mindset look like? And things like moving from the fear of failure, which is really like you don't want to fail as an employee to you have to embrace failure as a as an entrepreneur and you have to have a win or a learn mindset. So -hmm. you have to say like either I win or I learn and I take the lesson and I figure out how to win next time. Uh, or things like healing your relationship with money and having a money first mentality in your business. So whenever I'm picking what I what tasks I do in my business, it's always money first. Mm-hmm. I always create my to-do list for the day with a money first mentality. Yeah. And so I don't wait and do my money making tasks at the end of the day when I'm tired and I'm like tapping out because people will be like, ah, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll just do that tomorrow. Yeah, I'll just do no, that tomorrow. it's not like you're going to get a salary at the end of the month, you know? <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah. no, you can't put those, those things off. So you have to have a money first um, approach where you're like, okay, what can bring money in? Is that, is that me having to follow up with this person? Is it me having to make sure this invoice gets paid from that I sent out to this person? Is that me having to have a sales call? Is that me having to do some more networking? Like whatever it is that would bring money into the business, that has to be the first priority because 
if unless you have a team, which most of us don't, if you're making the transition, you are the number one salesperson in your business. And so you have to learn how to do that really well. So that comes from a mindset perspective and a skill set. Yeah. And if you're not making any sales, then it's just an expensive hobby you're having. You know, yes. it's not you cannot call that a business, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying that to shame you guys, like you know, I mean, <laughs> you you should you should <laughs> No, we've all been there. Exactly. We've all been there. If it hasn't oh. worked yet, you know, um there's there's definitely a solution. And I think that Probably already one of the things that Natasha said today clicked with you, helped you, you know, find uh, a different way, perception of thinking of things. So, um, yeah, that's I think those steps are so important because you're so right. Like we think of marketing, but telling a nice story, showing nice stuff, having a beautiful social media. Um, if you're not clearly explaining what the transformation you're bringing, what the result you're bringing, what, or even with a product-based, you know, business, like what your product is going to bring to the table, like, and, and really saying, okay, here it is, bag it, like people, I mean, and it's also a thing of, of repeating yourself a lot, you know, mm -hmm. um, you need to start feeling comfortable with that, like just. It's it's like when we watch TV, it's always the same ads coming again and again and again. And I think it's we have to see something at least six times. Is that right? To like start yeah. thinking about it. Like in, yeah, it's like six to seven times before somebody, and it can take up to eleven times. Um, my husband told me this really interesting story. My husband's actually a sales coach. So this is his his area of specialty, and he told me that there was a car company, I think it was like a Ford dealership or something like that. And what they used to do is they knew when somebody came in to do a test drive that they were very likely to end up buying, but they had to have had at least, I think it was five or six touch points before that in order for the test drive to turn into them buying the car. So they would call people and invite them in to have test drives. But if somebody they called hadn't had enough touch points with the business, they would actually postpone the test drive and yeah. they would actually start sending them little flyers or they would send them a little website thing. Mm -hmm. And they would do that until they reached the threshold of the six touch points. And then they call them again and say, oh, we now have room in, you, in, in our schedule for you to come in for that test drive. Would you like to come in? And then they they would convert because they had had enough touch points. So it's the repetition, like the person saw the car over and over again, they were building a relationship with the company and with the idea of them driving this beautiful car. And then once they were had had enough touch points, they knew that they were ready to, to push them over into conversion. So yes, the repetition is very, very key. And I was like, that that blew my mind that they like pushed people out. And that was so insightful was to be like, we yeah. actually know that they're not ready yet. And so we need to keep repeating our message until they're ready and then we'll convert them. So exactly. Yes. And I think, yeah. And, and yeah, like long story short, I think it's also saying just, you know, the era of cold calling is over. I mean, we're not, we're about nurturing here, you know, yeah. and, and and really offering already value before selling your, your service or your product, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the common mistakes that new and established entrepreneurs uh, make that keep them from achieving the income that they want? Yes. Yeah, so I think the first thing is with your offer, making sure that you really understand the full business pipeline mm -hmm. and that you're 
you don't have leaks throughout that business pipeline. So the first start of the business pipeline is your offer. And so you need to have an irresistible offer. If you have a strong offer, that makes everything else in the sales in the sales pipeline, in the business pipeline, extremely easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't have an offer that people really want, which was the first thing that, oh, that we started the conversation off with, yeah. you'll, you'll continue struggling with marketing and you'll continue struggling with your sales. But if you have an offer that's extremely good, people will buy it even if your marketing and your sales is not that great. And I've experienced this. I've been on sales calls with people where I'm like, this was a terrible sales call, but I'm still going to buy it because their offer is really good. And I want And so you can get away with not being great at the other two if you have something people really want. If you just think about Amazon, it's like a lot of people have many negative things to say on Amazon, rightfully so, but they still buy from Amazon left and right because they have an irresistible offer, Mm. the convenience. So if you can go one place, buy absolutely anything in the world that you could possibly need and have it shipped directly to your door, it's an irresistible offer that people can't refuse. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. by how they may feel about the brand. So that's the key thing is number one is really honing in on the offer itself is one of the common mistakes that I see is people will just pick an offer and they don't really ensure that that is that's the heart and and soul of your business. Mm. The other thing is, um, is people will often start with what and they instead of starting with who. And when I work with people, we always start with who first. So who are the people that are going to be buying the thing? Mm -hmm. And this is for a few reasons. One, as I talked about earlier, the people that are, you're going to sell to in your business, those are your playmates. Those are the people that you're going to be working with day in and day out, whether you serve them directly and you're spending time with them, or you are just constantly thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Like when you're thinking about your marketing, when you're thinking about your sales, when you're thinking about strategy, when you're building everything in your business, you're constantly thinking about that person. So if this is the person that's going to dominate your thoughts day in and day out, and you're serving them day in and day out, it needs to be somebody that you'd really be excited to serve. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason that we start with who. The second reason we start with who is because you can create an offer and it will attract people, but is it going to actually attract those people that you want to serve? Mm-hmm. So you need to decide who first so that you can design an offer that attracts that right kind of person and that you can do the market research and all the things that we talked about. So in order to be able to do that, you need to know who first. And mm-hmm. so if you skip that and you go straight to what the offer and don't start with who you actually ha- will have a much harder time with attracting the kind of person that you desire. So start with who, create an irresistible offer, and then the rest of the business pipeline, you need to be great at the marketing piece. um, And then your nurturing is the next part of the business pipeline, then your sales. And finally, it's the fulfillment and the retention. So first, it's understanding that business pipeline. And then two, it's making a commitment that you're going to be great at the business side of your business. Mm -hmm. So everyone's like, I'm great at what I do. I have this amazing skill set. I'm an expert at how to help my clients. And so they'll just focus on, you know, being great at that. And maybe they get referrals here and there, and that helps them grow, or they do a little bit of marketing, but they get, they reach a plateau or a ceiling. And that's typically because they, they have leaks in those areas of marketing, nurturing, and sales. And so in order to fill those leaks, you have to make a commitment that, okay, I'm going to be great at marketing. I'm going to be great at sales. And even if you get to the 
point where you say, I want to hire somebody, you still have to be good at those things uh, on a fundamental level, because otherwise, how will you know who to hire? How will you know they're good? How will you know that when they tell you something's not working, it's truly not working? Yeah. Or how will you be able to really maintain the profit profitability of your business if you don't understand the core structures that make the business successful? Mm. So you have to make a commitment that I'm going to understand uh, marketing and be excellent at it. I'm going to understand sales and I'm going to become excellent at it so that you can get to the next level, wherever it is you want to go in your business. Like I worked in big billion dollar companies and my COO that we talked to all the time, he wanted to understand the dynamics of what I was doing in my job and in my role. And he's like, okay, if I understand this, I can understand how that fits into the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I was running marketing, but he needed to understand how that fitted into the, into the bigger picture. And he'd go talk to the sales team and understand how that fits into the bigger picture. So if you truly see yourself as becoming a CEO, becoming, you know, a, a true business leader in your company, uh, that's what you, ha you have to understand how to do those things. Otherwise, you'll reach a plateau and you won't be able to move beyond that unless you really understand the basics of these business structures. Yeah. Yeah. And especially those departments, right? Marketing, sales, because the rest, I mean, it could be, I don't know, if the creative side of things or, you you, you know, so you can delegate a lot of things as your business grows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those skills are key because that's what makes your business grow. So you, you really need to have some some skills, some knowledge in it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like otherwise it's, it's going to be really, really difficult. And yeah. you're always going to feel like you're you're fighting and you're not going to enjoy your work and, and your business. And actually let's, let's finish this episode with that because I think it really fits into this conversation. Where does play come into this, into this? Yeah. Panel? Yes. Yes. So play is really the heart of how I guide myself on what action I want to take. So when I first start working with somebody, the, the model that I use to work with them is called my six figure play model. So it's P, which is prioritize you L, which is learn the skill set. A, which is augment your awareness and Y, which is YOLO. You only live once. So we start with figuring out with P prioritizing you, what's the vision that you actually have? What do you actually want to be doing? How do you want it to feel in your business? What kinds of revenue do you want to make in the business? What do you want your lifestyle to look like? Mm -hmm. Because in order for us to have a playful experience, we actually have to start with what experience do you want to create? Yeah. And so we start there and then we have to move into learning the skill set that would allow you to create that kind of a lifestyle. And that is sales skill set, marketing skill set, those kinds of things. And also I just wanted to like briefly make sure I like define some of those because I know some people, especially if they're making the move to these, they may not know what, what the yes, difference please, is. Please, please do that. Yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, marketing sales, not nurturing, but yeah. what does that mean? So marketing, what distinguishes marketing from sales? So marketing is your ability to go out into the world and to uh, talk to and attract people who have a problem that you can help them solve or a desire that you can help them fulfill. So that is actually identifying the people that you can help and you being able to um, raise their awareness level so that they know who you are. So they know exactly who you are. That's what marketing is. Mm -hmm. You think of advertising. That's why, you know, the advertising, they're trying to raise your awareness level so you know about them. And they're like, hey, do you have this problem? Or hey, do you have this desire? Buy this hamburger. So that is the marketing piece. And then the same 
sales piece is actually us taking that interest and turning that into a purchase. So now some, we know somebody has the desire and they also are aware of us. Now we want to introduce the idea of make a purchase and then we want to actually get them to transact with us. That's the sales part. So that's the difference between the marketing and sales. Just wanted to briefly talk yeah. about that. So yeah, I was like, I keep saying these words and sometimes they can just start to blend together in people's minds. Um, so the and the next piece of play is when we pick out what you're actually going to do in terms of the strategies that we're going to use, we look at well, what would you, what do you actually enjoy doing? Is that showing up online? Is that showing up on a specific kind of platform? Um, what are the kinds of activities that you feel lit up and aligned with? And so then we pick based on that in terms of the strategy, how we develop the strategy. And we will, what I found is that when people feel that kind of alignment, they feel more playful, they're trying new things in the business, then people stay consistent. Mm -hmm. And because they're not yeah. fighting themselves the entire yeah. time around like, uh, I don't feel aligned with this strategy. Like somebody told me I had to do it this way. And so I do it this way. And it's like, no, you don't have to do it that way. All marketing strategies work. They all work, literally all of them. You can do whatever kind of strategy if you commit to it and stay consistent all of them work. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest thing for me is pick one that you feel aligned with, and then let's stay extremely consistent with it so that you can actually see the result from your consistency. Oh so God, that's, the, <laughs> yeah, that's the next thing that we focus around learning the skill set is there. And then augment your awareness is really about the mindset pieces. So that's like building that entrepreneurial mindset and starting to have fun with some of the the pieces of like the, of growth really <laughs> of like growing your ability to recognize like you're in resistance versus you know you're not in resistance and being able to to have that win or learn mindset and so that makes it more playful when your mindset moves from I failed to I win or I learn and then the last piece is YOLO and that's like we do a lot of celebrating so um, I send my clients tons of gifts we like every time they have a win we celebrate their action wins we celebrate their result-based wins like we just talk a lot about having fun. Um, my husband and I took our clients to Disney World. So it's like we have a lot of fun. And Amazing. that is <laughs> that is the um the the last part of like the play model. Um, but it's really like finding a way for you to have fun throughout the process of growing the business. Yeah. And and going back to what you were saying with the mindset, um, I find that something that's super helpful with my clients, for example, is really like starting to create and design this identity, not just the vision, but also who they are and who they want to be in this vision, right? And start yes. to behave as this person. And I guess learning the skill set belongs to that as well. Like, but um, but it can be anything else. And sometimes it's really easy stuff, but you know, just changing the way you dress up to a meeting or or you're you're going to network with someone and uh, you're going to put this specific perfume or, okay, these might feel like very superficial things, but it actually works. Like what's important is the intention behind. And yeah, I was just going to say the intention was all of the Exactly. All it's yeah. just, it's, you know, as long as you have the intention of I am becoming this person, I feel that it's also more it's easier to fail or have those setbacks you know and, and when I say fail it's in a very positive way it's in a way of learning because you're really 
embodying this identity of an entrepreneur and and you're like yeah this is this is what entrepreneurs do they're leaders they go first they're not scared to take risks or they, they might be scared but they do it anyways and and that's how they grow you know yeah yeah the, the name of my business it's the all-in woman and that's that's exactly what she described it's like that's the kind of person you have to be you have to go all in you have to be bold you have to be courageous you have to try things and fail at things it's like that's what going all in is all about and that's how you win in the long run yeah yeah and last thing about that as well when you were saying um we were talking about consistency and committing to one thing right and and one thing that you enjoy doing ideally you know choosing a platform you actually enjoy you feel good with uh that aligns with you and your personality and and like when you're being consistent is not about being perfect all the time it's it's not about balancing out all the things your personal life your professional life your side hustle like and and you know always doing all of your to-do lists i think it's really about um realizing that by doing a little bit every day and always getting back on the horse even if there's maybe a day you need some rest but you always get back on the horse and and you really it's it's this realization that every single thing you do is is gonna compound you know Mm -hmm. to the rest like to all the other things you did and like you're gonna it's it's very exponential so and that's also a thing that i feel as an employee you really don't really have so much in mind it's like oh once i achieve this goal then i will have my raise or my promotion right right But, Mm -hmm. but as an entrepreneur you need to understand you're not gonna have results immediately and you just need to be okay with that and and understand that every little thing you're doing is adding up and at some point you know it's it's really gonna take off yeah yeah, I, I remember I had a moment where uh, I was marketing in the business and it was like, nobody's responding. Nobody's like, nobody's responding to these emails. Nobody's clicking like, like, and so it's like when you are going forward and nobody's responding, the, the most important thing is you being able to build the ability to continue being consistent, even when you're not getting positive feedback and you're like, okay, nobody's buying yet but you have to keep going. Nobody's responding yet, but you have to keep going. And if you stop, that is what will guarantee your failure. But if you keep going, that is what will guarantee your success. Yeah. And you can tweak some things, you know, but like, um, but I think with, with what you explained today, thank you so much for all of this. Like, you know, creating this irresistible offer, doing your market research, focusing on the who you're serving, making sure that someone you want to serve. Um, all of those things, I feel that once you have that very clear and you're sure about that, then the marketing is also more, um, is going to be easier, you know, because yes. if you are safe, secure, confident about what you're selling, um, then you can also be way more resilient. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll see results faster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we want to make money, right? We want to make money. Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nat- so much, Natasha. Is there anywhere that people may find you if, if they're interested in working with you or just, you know, uh, finding out more about your work? 
Yes, I come visit me. I'm on um, Instagram at the all in woman uh, not dot com. That's my website. I'm at the all in woman. I'm also on my website, <laughs> the all in woman. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I just mixed those all all together sorry um on facebook i'm also at the all in woman and you can come check me out there i also have a free facebook group um it's called high ticket marketing for creatives coaches and consultants and i show up there every week with um support and coaching and guidance around how to grow in your marketing and how to attract clients that will purchase your premium offer so if you're somebody who has premium offer, you're an expert and you're trying to figure out how to find more clients that will love to pay you and that you love to work with, you definitely should come on over there and check us out. And then now I can give you my website. <laughs> it's the all in, it's all in woman.com. So there, awesome. there we go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that was so difficult, but there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I think that was very clear. It's, it's quite yeah. easy, honestly. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I love your energy. Um, and, you know, I think you, you shared so much juicy stuff with us today. So, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing from the audience what they have to say. If you have questions, you know, don't hesitate to ask Natasha or to contact me. And, um, and yeah, I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> You're so welcome. Bye. Bye.